Hello, everyone. I want to take this opportunity to say thank you. As you go at the Golden Boot, so do our needs, but we cannot do it without you. We ask that you continue to like our posts, share our content, and subscribe to our YouTube, Facebook, and other social media platforms. You may also visit thegoldenboot.com for the latest merch. If you would like to make a financial donation, you can do so through Cash App at Money Sign Golden Boot or through PayPal at paypal.me slash golden boot. We look forward to bringing you more laughs, knowledge, and entertainment. And again, thank you for your endless support. Sincerely and respectfully, the Golden Boot team. The views and opinions expressed in the Golden Boot podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Golden Boot podcast as a whole. Y'all ready to get rolling? Quiet on the set. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the HBCU Hour. It's your boy Poobell. I got my man Ant Petty Murphy in the building. Uh, I'm going ahead, break. Come on, come on. Let me go ahead and do this now. Let's go ahead. Young Itro in the building. What uh, up? When is his LeBron jersey just to mess with Ant? Unfortunately. Uh. <laughs> uh, man, man, what a day. Uh, what a weekend. But we got a special guest with us, man. Yeah, man. You know, I had to, I had to rock. I see. The I see. Howard gift, you know, for tonight's occasion. Shout out to my cousin uh, Blair, by the way, graduate of Howard Medical School. So, uh, but you know, if we if we talking Howard, that must mean one thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Pink is up. You know, I was gonna get the classical music. I was gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot my teacup, man. Oh man, my we. I was gonna wear a bow tie, but uh, my shirt came in, man. Coach Rob was right; he was. You petty. I'm you just, petty. hey, petty is true. I mean, it, two things can be true. You could be petty, and it can be true. It's you are absolutely right. I, I, that's one <laughs> thing I will say. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Coach Erod was definitely right. Um, I know that's my mantra. No bow tie. Yeah, he got it. He putting the bow tie on. So, oh man, you pit. You pity. Don't you ever talk about me again. He putting his bow tie on so he can uh represent uh maybe a future oh, grad of uh certain. But uh <laughs> we got some uh <laughs> oh, you gonna you gonna send them you gonna send them to DC, man? DC go if they'll pay for him, he'll come, he'll go wherever they pay for. That's what we gonna I heard, we hey, I, heard hey, I definitely feel you on that one. We definitely do that, but uh Without further ado, man, because uh, the petty had already started. You called me petty. I just want to say, uh, Banks was going at it. Hey, she said something about yeah, yeah. So but we we I go was, with, you know what I'm saying. She, the queen, she's probably the queen of the petty. 
queen of the matter of fact of uh uh I don't know who you say HBC United, but she's gonna be the co-host of the X's and O's podcast. Uh none other. Everybody's favorite Howard. Well, not everybody's favorite. Bank's favorite Howard alone. <laughs> We're gonna say that he'll put it like that. Uh but nah, man, when I when our favorite friends, man, you know, fancy with the, the pink up, Miss Erica. Lee, welcome to the HBC Hour. Glad to have you. Thank you for joining us. You didn't need your teacup because I brought my teacup. Here's to the golden boot. I appreciate you. Appreciate you for coming on. And I see, look at you, you know. Once a howard, always a howard alone. You, you, the bison never leaves your blood, does it? Never ever. I was on campus today, so. <laughs> hey, shout out to uh, Dr. Cavill, uh at inside the HBC Sports Lab. Uh, said he he gets last said he likes the jersey and the Howard gear. Yes, sir. So it was only uh, fitting, man. I had I had to pull it out for tonight. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Anytime, anytime. Speaking of Howard, while we on this subject, <clears throat> let's hey, let's stay. Let's go. Let's go. Why, why is Howard the greatest HBCU? In your opinion, I think we produce trendsetters, glass ceiling breakers. Um, we're leads in our industry. We're now leaders in athletics. Much okay. everybody's okay. okay. Shout out to them co-champions and them champions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know they when we get on campus they tell us the world is ours and mm. to go out there and just go get it and and try to really make a way for others change industries i mean we produce the most black phds we produce the most black doctors you know vice president supreme court justices u.s senators like Entertainment industry, politics, medicine, anything, all of it. We can do it all. So y'all, y'all got the most black by pre- vice presidents too. Indeed, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I will say before we get started, I just want to let it be known that one of us on this show actually picked um Howard to win the MEAC regular season. I just want to let that be known. So not everybody, you know, is hating on the fact that Howard is up in athletics. Some of us actually, you know. <laughs> hey, Rail said uh uh Omega Sci-Fi fraternity was founded there, so it is the best. Oh okay, Rev. I take your word for it, Rev. You know, we're gonna see how long that lasts till we get till we bring on somebody from Morehouse and then they're gonna nah, be he, yeah, you know, <laughs> Rev ain't gonna switch up. Hey, he'll switch up on some team, he ain't gonna switch up yeah, on that frat. Oh no! I knew yeah, that's a big fact. That's a big fact. Shout out to the sores of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. My face, my face, my lovely sores. That's 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 another pinky up. Yeah, you guys are pinky up twice. Yeah, she's both of them. Uh, Eric, let me ask you this: How did you end up at Howard? Oh, so <clears throat> well, I come from. Um, generations that have gone to Howard. Um, my dad is class of 79, great uncle, cousins, aunties. Like, um, So I grew up around Howard. We'd always go to Howard games. I'm from Richmond and we drive up for Howard games. Um, <clears throat> so when I applied to school, I applied to four schools, University of Pennsylvania, which is Ivy League, Howard, 
University of Virginia and William and Mary, and I got into all four um, with full rides to Howard and William and Mary. Um, but I wanted to go to Philly. I wanted to go to Penn. Um, and my parents said, well, you have two options that are free. So pick one mm -hmm. of those. Earned it. To Howard, I went and it was the best decision I ever made. Don't regret it at all. Really changed my life. I mean, I am all in on the bison. So glad I went. And also to share that special relationship with my family members that went to Howard and my dad. If you see me at a game, you see my pops right beside me. Like that is our thing. Um, my mom stopped coming a long time ago because she said she got tired of traveling to watch the team lose. But we're winning now. So hopefully she'll come back around. <laughs> Yeah, we got. We, I already know. Uh, for those of y'all who follow follow Erica on on Twitter, we know we got to give give Mama Lee twenty four. I mean 28, 24 to forty eight hours, and then uh, y'all will be back. You know, what I'm saying talking about you yeah, know, what I'm saying yeah, what games y'all yeah. going to attend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me ask this: So, what separates Howard from other HBC? Because we know the black people are not a monolith, and no two schools are made the same. So what makes Howard so different from, you know, the other HBCU institutions? So I'd say as a full research university, you know, we have a law school, a medical school, a dental school, a pharmacy school, graduate school, business school. I mean, we have every offering and they're pretty much the top in each of those offerings, which is kind of rare in a university. Um, I think our location, <clears throat> I'm not so prideful enough to like, not say that being in Washington, D.C. gives us a leg up in a lot of ways. We have a lot of access to the halls of power, um, which help us. You know, we're a federally chartered institution um, and we do get federal appropriations, although they have decreased over time. Um, but, you know, our location, the type of student that we attract, like it's a very cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan international school. So you get kids from all over the world, all over the country. Um, because it's a private school. So um, having that mix of everybody in the diaspora, like it really, really makes for like a really special um, place, I think. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. The diversity, the diversity that you talk about international. So I don't know how many HBCUs get that. I mean, obviously there's some, but you know, from the magnitude and the amount that to the to the extent that Howard does, I think that's kind of unique to that university in and of itself, and also the location, you know, and especially with the ties that you have with all the former alumni who are in positions of power in Washington that kind of are able to look out for their alma mater. That definitely is a benefit to y'all. But what makes it the mecca, though? Like I know you talked about the, all the history and you know all the research and all the famous alumni and stuff, but. It, that that gets thrown a lot of, around a lot the mecca and uh, you know for for HBCUs there's a lot of HBCUs who do have that prestige and do have that you know history but what makes Howard you know the mecca what makes them what separates them from the Morehouses and Spellmans and you know other institutions that have that history too Morehouse and Spellman womp 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 I would say. <laughs> Whoa, we was not finna get canceled tonight. <laughs> hey, roll that disclaimer. <laughs> um, views and opinions expressed on <laughs> Golden Boot Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Golden Boot Podcast as a whole.
Yeah, y'all ain't canceling us tonight. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my mentions are probably gonna go crazy. Um, I mean, just that like that infusion of like the diversity of the diaspora all coming together in this like meld of of intellectual exchange and cultural exchange. I think Ta-Nehisi Coates talks about it really well in his book, Between the World and Me. Like there's the institutional part and then there's that that other thing that churns out these, these students and professionals and influencers and trendsetters that really like set the standard, not only just at the university level, but across industries and really help to push not only like the university forward, but the culture forward in a lot of different ways. And um, it's kind of crazy how everybody comes in. And this is normal for a lot of schools where everybody comes in one way freshman year and leaves out mm -hmm. another way. But to see like my classmates like really get out there and get it on a big scale, like right as we leave, um, infused with that Howard pride and the things that we've been taught and what we learn from each other. I mean, it really is like this, like center of like black excellence. It's really, really cool. Yeah, that makes sense. And you mentioned the, obviously the, we, we know the academic side, but the athletic side is kind of on the rise. Um, we, we've seen what the football team was able to do this year. <clears throat> Co-champs. But, um, but the basketball <laughs> Very team. Very proud of being co-champs. Shout out to Joshua Sims, host of HBC Nightly. Co-champ. Hi. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Nothing. <laughs> Especially whenever you, you've been down for a while, you're going to take it. I understand that. But I really <laughs> want to talk about the basketball team and what they were able to do this year. Um, Coach Blakeney has been there for a little while, and he's, you know, kind of starting to get the program where, you know, he thought he could be, he thought it could be, like, you traveled to the to the tournament game. What was that like as an alum, you know, seeing your team out there being able to compete in the NCAA tournament? Well, first of all, Des Moines was like the worst to get to. Like <laughs> I thought we was going to Birmingham or Columbus. Des Moines was the one place I hope we didn't get and we ended up getting it. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I will say like um, I was on a work trip and kind of was burning the candle at both ends to try to get there. And I literally landed like 45 minutes before the game started and went wow. from the airplane to the arena. Like <clears throat> I saw Air Force Two on the on the jetway from Kamala Harris, who had arrived a little earlier. Um, and honestly, the energy was just like so high. I mean, we had a very raucous section you know, to be able to pull off getting buses to come, people flying in, people driving in from all over to Des Moines of all places. Um, <laughs> and for us to have hundreds of alumni there cheering on the team was really awesome. Um, and to the section we got, shout out to the HUAA, we were able to get, um, you know, right there at, on the court for like $100 a seat. And those seats on StubHub were going like six, $700. So that was oh, really wow. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what I didn't know was um, Iowa, people in Iowa hate Kansas. So mm -hmm. we had a whole bunch of other fans cheering for us, which was really neat. Um, and just to see them hang in there as well as they did in that first half um, was really exciting. Like Steve Settles, I feel like he played the game of his life that, that game. Um, you know, sometimes I felt like, um, 
his shooting could be off during the season, but we had some other playmakers that would make it up. He was, he was on um, for that game Um, to see how other role players stepped up and really didn't shy away from the big stage was really exciting. Um, And we've been down for so long. We haven't been to the tournament since 92. And so to get there, I mean, we knew we would probably lose, but we were just so happy to see them. Yeah, I, I, I almost, I almost hit that Kevin Hart, um, <laughs> which is we ain't been since '92. I was going, Dang. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I ain't mean it like that. <laughs> but nah, I do understand. Hey, I, it's hey, uh, it's, so, it's but, been some teams that's never made it. So it I can't, I can't you. say nothing at all. Thank you. Uh, but I do want to say this: y'all haven't been since '92, but y'all showed up in a mighty way. Uh, Howard fans showed up in droves. Uh, not just Howard, HBCU fans in general show up to support. Uh, what was the presence amongst the fans, uh, you know, from what you saw? So um, definitely we had buses coming in from Chicago. People flew in. People drove like 24 hours to get there. We had some Norfolk State grads there. Um, one is one of my childhood friends who drove up from Kansas City. So that was really cool. Um, it was really weird to see like, black Kansas fans. I was like, this is like not the time to be rock chalk Jayhawk. (laughs) 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 Like read the room friends, read the room. Um, So that was cool. And our whole band and cheerleaders, everybody came, they were able to pull that together. So that was really neat. No. And, um, you gonna ask me a question? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he was. He said he wanted to ask a question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, he can ask me a question. Oh, you, oh, you don't know? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. You finish. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> um, so that was really cool. I mean, um, one us winning, I think, has had like a really discernible impact on the engagement of Howard alumni in the athletics department. Like when you've been in the doldrums for so long. Like, it's easy to just kind of dismiss it. Like, we never lost a party or, you know, we're in the top 80 in the U.S. News and World Report or we got a vice president. And, you know, we always kind of dismiss sports. But I think it was it's kind of a sour point for a lot of people. But, um, you know, it's easier to lean on the stuff that we're good at. And I think people were kind of tiptoeing in their support of the. I mean, the ladies at Howard Athletics, like they've been killing the game for the last several years. But when it came to revenue sports, it was hard to get people to trust that we mm-hmm. something catastrophic wasn't going to happen at the end. And I mean, when we were down four points with 20 seconds to go in that MEAC championship game, I was like, no. Um, I mean, I really thought it was over. I was like, at a bar in Austin watching it distraught. And then all of a sudden Doc hits that three-point shot and they fouled Jelani Williams and we're up by one. And um, I just couldn't believe it. Um, and now I think the people are feeling better about supporting and engaging. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a little torn um during the 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 game. Uh initially I picked Norfolk State to win the the MEAC tournament. Um my you know but I like the story about Howard. You know, I was I was torn. My heart was saying Howard. My parlay was saying Norfolk State. So it was just it was it was a little tough. It's hard but to beat a team three times. It is. As you see, I got blocked yeah. by um, Norfolk uh, State's head basketball. 
I mean, especially especially whenever they got you know the media player of the year mm-hmm. and somebody as good as, as him and you know his running mate Bankston ain't no slouch either. So that was a great team that y'all beat multiple, you know, three times. So I mean, that just oh, more Bryant. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I can't I can't take anything away from him. Yeah. I feel like we let up on him on the sec in the second half of the MIAC championship game. Um, because we held him to no points in the first yeah, half. Yeah, that, that second half he went off. He he was a man on a mission in that second half for real. He only had nine points in the uh, regular season final, and he really only had six points until the last minute. So I think we let our uh, foot off the uh, the gas yeah. a little bit. All right. So you talked about women's sports, and, you know, being able to dominate. I, uh, <laughs> you got the women's indoor track back-to-back champions uh, for the MEAC. Uh, you've got not just that, uh, the swimming team. NEC champs. Uh, you've got also the rugby team gaining a lot of steam and starting to pick up. Um, so how it looks like Howard is finding that athletic footing to to be competitive. You know, not just in the classroom, but on the, on the sports fields too, or sports arena, however you want to look at it. So, I yeah, I mean volleyball. This was the first year in a string of years that volleyball didn't make it to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, basketball, women's basketball won the MEAC championship last year, won the first four game. Um, they, you know, lost to Norfolk State in the last few seconds um, in the MEAC championship this year. Track and field, softball won the MEAC championship last year. Tennis did really well. I mean, the women have been holding up the mantle. Um, and the men have always found, like, really dramatic, catastrophic ways to lose. And it's wild that they... They didn't this year. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, go, ahead, Aaron, go ahead. I was about to say, I think the for the for the men, I think especially basketball, I think um, like being able to get a Jelani Williams transferring from Pitt, you know, being able to get Odom's from you know uh, Sarah Kane, you know, high pro, highly titled prospect. I think they're kind of starting to turn the page, especially basketball wise. I think you know they they were able to get uh, McCoy Maker. Big time prospect, so I think they're getting the talent in now. As Blakeney showed this year, you just got to start winning with that talent. If they can keep bringing the talent in, I think they'll be set up for success. And then football wise, I mean, you've you've had success here and there. It's just stringing it together for a full season. You know, you've had a big win, upset win, then you know you drop games you're supposed to win right after that. So it's just I think finding the consistency for both programs in a sense, because they talent isn't an issue as much as, you know, making sure you can piece it together and get the most out of that for game in and game out. Yeah. I mean, on the basketball end, I mean, we had RJ Cole. Um, we had um, CJ last name is escaping me. Um, you know, top scorer in Howard history. RJ Cole was one of the leading scorers in the MEAC. I mean, we've had, they're almost like, I call them like Sam Sesums like, you know, score. <laughs> hey, but that man, that man still scoring. I, I think she have nightmares about that man from that game. <laughs> Thirty-seven of their seventy points—that's insanity, like insanity. And um, so we've had those players, and you know, being able to put the pieces together—you know, you can't be a one-man show. And what Howard basketball showed this year is you need at least three scoring pieces. 
um, and you're starting five, hopefully you got a fourth. Um, and then our team 1A, or team two, as I call them, because they do kind of like a hockey change out, um, was able to kind of lock it down on defense while the folks, the first team got rest. Um, football wise, I feel like we took a giant step back when we had that Ron Prince hire. You know, we had a we had a great coach. I don't know why names are escaping me, but he's at William and Mary now. Um, yeah, he, and, took, uh, he took Kalen with him. Well, I don't think so. Kalen didn't go to William and Mary. He stayed for that first year of the Ron Prince regime. Well, the only year of Ron Prince. Um, uh, didn't Kalen end up in William and Mary? I thought he transferred. He went. He went to Auburn. He transferred to Auburn and sat the bench. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, and so you know, we beat UNLV. We we had huge a huge win. It was huge. We had a winning season that year, and then. Um, when the coach went to William and Mary and Ron Prince came in, I kind of knew something was wrong when I went to Chicago and we played Hampton and something just something in the milk wasn't clean about that game. Like we just looked deflated in a way that I didn't think we should look. And then the stuff started coming out about what was happening um, in the locker room and um, players, you know, left the team mid season um, and it's taken, you know, Coach Scott to come in and really having to build it back up from the ground up when we had that momentum and kind of got stopped. Yeah. Uh, I got Chuck said Mike London is the head coach of William and Mary. That's it, Mike London. I don't know why the name couldn't um uh couldn't I couldn't remember the name. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I remember him from his days at Virginia. So mm-hmm. Mike London, you of our yeah. Yeah. Uh, Erica, let me ask this. So you have shown um, a great love of tennis. Um, But I want to ask you this because it's not just tennis. It's pretty much all sports that we've seen you kind of, like I said, I know it because I've seen, you know, we've seen, you know, you talk about it. But personally, as a black woman navigating sports, what are some of the obstacles that you face? Well, if we're talking about tennis, you know, that's a country club sport. So I started playing tennis um, probably at 14 years old, joined my tennis team, worked my way up from the very bottom to like the number three on varsity. Um, shout out to my parents that paid for lots of private lessons. Um, like we don't, we don't come to watch you lose. So, <laughs> um, uh, and tennis is an expensive sport too, but as far as Very. the country, yeah, the country club dynamics were really hard for me to navigate. Um, I was a basketball player and a fast pitch softball player, and I wasn't thought I was an athlete. So let me pick up a racket, right? Um, and tennis, that's not a sport you just pick up a racket and play. Um, but also just those microaggressions and the not so subtle racism in the sport. Um, and just interrupting an all-white space all the time in tennis. Um, even the club I play at now is it's all white. I'm usually the only black woman there. Um, so that's that was always kind of a, like a weird thing. In softball too, like it's kind of racist in the other way, like the redneck way. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you go from like one extreme to another, playing both seasons in high school, right? Um, and I'm usually, I was only the, the only black girl in that space too. Um, I think that's why I navigate spaces pretty well now, just from those experiences. Yeah. Um, 
And then jumping into this like HBCU sports media too, like, you know, you kind of have to shout a little louder to get heard. Um, you know, have to kind of show that you know a little bit of your X's and O's. Um, I see what you did there. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of black women in the space, especially in the HBCU media space. And I yeah. feel like I'm growing, you know, at a steady pace. Um, and I'm glad for the opportunities I've gotten just like coming here to kind of to talk the things that I love. I mean, I've been going to Howard and HBCU sporting stuff since I was a little girl. And yeah. to be able, you know, I grew up in Richmond. We go to Virginia State things, Virginia Union things. My brother went to Hampton, so we went to Hampton things. Uh, <laughs> we're finna get there. Segway time. Segway. <laughs> uh, so I just, you know, that's how we spent our time. And my oldest brother played college football at Ball, at Ball State. So, like, oh, it's just always a thing. And so it's cool to be, you know, talking about something I really like. Do you feel like as a woman, you have to know twice as much as kind of, you know, kind of the, the old adage of you got to do twice as much or half as less? You know what I mean? Do you kind of feel like that sort of applies to you in this profession? Yeah. And sometimes I'm self-conscious, too. Like in some of those Twitter spaces, it gets real contentious. And um, I don't <clears throat> I don't think I know play calling all that great in football. I just know what I see. I can see the dynamics, you know, mm -hmm. on the field. Right. But I can't say that's like this play or that play. Um, but I don't find it's held me back. The only thing that's held me back is my reticence to put my opinion out there. And I think I'm getting a little more comfortable talking. As you about should that. be. As you should. You're, you're very articulate and you, you always bring forth information. Um, that there's a lot of people in this this medium who kind of just talk in circles and don't really say anything, but they make it sound real good. They like to use big words and stuff like that to make it sound like they know what they're talking about, but they don't put out any information. You actually, you know, put out facts and have stuff to back up what you're saying. So I've always liked listening to you, especially in the HBCU space. You, you and Dr. Cavill are like the voice of reasoning to a certain extent in that, in that uh <laughs> in that chaos, that chaos. <laughs> thank you yeah it is chaos yeah all right so let's get the other voice out because listen we talked about the reason stuff i ain't bring we we won't care about all that i was just playing uh so he being petted tonight i'm gonna just sit back <laughs> no because listen <laughs> somebody said to me I said, hey, you know what I'm saying what what are some things you want to you know saying any other topics you want to talk about like listen i want to talk about I said, you know what? I got you. So let me ask this question. We had H the HU Power Ship on uh, a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the story about uh, the me uh, uh, Hampton leaving the MEAC and you know reasons why and you know should they come back and stuff. Uh, those guys came on and they kind of spoke their piece, um, but it kind of it seemed like it kind of bothered you some of the some of the uh, their answers. So uh, I think they did a real nice. PR job. <laughs> so what was it that bothered you about, you know, saying about that their take on, you know, saying Hampton leaving the MEAC? I don't think it was purely just a business decision. And I just I don't think anybody in the powers that be or <clears throat> anybody in the Hampton sports media space will ever admit that that, you know, was a 
purely business decision. Now, the Aggies, that's a little different. Although when we talk about folks leaving the MEAC, the Aggies are so insecure about it. They always jump in the conversation when it's not always about them. Um, getting Hampton folks to talk about it openly is um, a chore. And I give it to them. I give it to them. They're like one team, one fight. Like One band, one sound. One band, one sound. I give it to them. No dissension or anything publicly. Um, but I don't think that was just strictly a business decision. I think... Um, with their dear leader, Dr. Harvey, um, you know, there are circles he wanted to be in and now he's in those circles. And that's it. it the, from, yeah, from the conversation we had, the, the Dr. Harvey angle uh, is one I feel like really played out. It was, he saw, that's what he envisioned that school being with the CAA. Uh, but I think when he envisioned them being with the CAA, the CAA was a completely different conference at the time. Um, and now it's not the same, but they're carrying out his mission, although he's no longer there. So, I mean, he's there. I think the institutional alignment wording will always bother me because what are you saying about the rest of us? If you're not institutionally aligned with those of us in the MEAC, some of which the institutions are ranked quite a bit higher academically. I won't name a one, but the name is on my chest. Um, so like, and you're saying institutional alignment, tell me what that means. Like, you don't find that it suspicious. Um, that will always bother me because I feel like, <clears throat> like our institutions, we should support each other. We should uplift each other. We should pull each other up. I know you know, when Howard's in the room, we're always trying to fight for and, and advocate for the rest, right? Um, that's a special place I think we hold in our position amongst, you know, the HBCU community. Um, and so I just, I just didn't like that terminology, but it kept coming up. And if you're talking about strictly business and sports, then institutional alignment probably isn't the word you use. So, so does it seem to be some false sense of elite, elitism or something coming from them? Like, is that the way that you interpret that institutional alignment comment? Almost as if the schools that are in the MEAC don't have the same goals as us, or, you know, we're somehow better because we're trying to do X, Y, and Z, and they're not in line with that? I mean, I don't think those CAA, those schools in the CAA are better than Howard. Yeah. I mean, William & Mary's ranked above higher marginally but we're talking about academics and all the things that you institutionally align like if anybody's probably more institutionally aligned with those universities or schools and other yeah, conferences it's, it's probably how, ours right yeah. um, that, that's those are words we would never use um but if you want to walk in that old boys club of the 757 and the 804 then those are the things you say now, I don't think that the alumni will, I don't think the alumni, all of the alumni were in agreement with them leaving. I know that for a fact. They're probably quite annoyed about it. Yeah. Um, but they're they, never, they admitted that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're never going to say that. So I don't, I don't. That's a generational debate, though. 
it's a generational debate. And I also don't like attribute Harvey decisions or administration decisions with the thoughts and feelings of the alumni base that make up the institution, right? I don't, I, I'm not silly enough to do that. Um, <clears throat> but that that administration had its vision to do this thing and they did it. Um, and whether that was good for the university or not remains to be seen. Yeah. Especially when this is a moment for HBCUs and I feel like they're missing it. And I'm not a Hampton fan by any means, but I don't want them to miss the moment that we all are experiencing. Well, speaking of that, do you think that it, like there's a few what we call independent, what we like to call, me and Pooh like to call independent HBCUs. They're not in the swag MEAC or, you know, a traditional HBCU. Con do you feel like of those that Hampton kind of is the biggest afterthought? Because I feel like Tennessee State and A&T do a much better job of kind of staying relevant, even though they're not in one of those two big conferences. Well, A&T stays relevant because they, they, they still don't know how they feel. Well, they really don't feel great about leaving. So they're always like poking in business that's not theirs, right? Like mm. we see it all the time. Like, why are you talking MEAC stuff? You're not in the MEAC no more. But, yeah. but they still want to be friends. And I get it. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's the, it's the old, it's the coworker who quit, but still come up to the job and visit everybody every now and then. Or come like, to you don't work here no more. You literally yeah, you don't work here no more. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to yeah. Y'all funny. Y'all funny. <laughs> hey, speaking of, I got a little pity. I got a question. Um, one of y'all, one of y'all alums, famous alums, Sean Diddy Combs, brother love combs, whatever. Uh he gives back to Howard quite often. Am I am I right about that? He does, yeah. Okay. Because I don't know if Jackson State ever got their check. I'm just waiting. I'm trying to figure out. I don't know either. I'm sure if they got it, it cleared, but somebody needs to confirm on either side. I don't know oh, if they ever got their check. No, no. Uh, I'm just going to say, but for one more time before we move on, Coach E-Rob was right. I just, I'm just i just going to say Coach E-Rob was right. I'm just. Y'all uh, got a lot going on in the swag. Let me tell you. It's a lot <laughs> less drama in the MEAC, I promise. Yeah, it, it's a but lot. See, of, I almost, the petty of me almost slipped out. <laughs> say, it, say it. Say it. You said we got a lot more. We got a lot more teams too, though. So I mean, part of that comes with it. I mean, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm just saying. Y'all for it. Um, I'm gonna say this. I because I, we gonna move on a little football. Um, this name keeps Ooh, coming okay. up. Little football. Huh? Little, little football. football. Little football. Right, this name keeps coming up week after week after week. Um. Man, that man is gone to Colorado. Leave that man alone. No, not that name. Else. Not that oh, name. Man. Not that name. Coach E. Rod was right, but not that name. Um, Davis Rashard, man. Rashard. You know how I like to say it. Rashard. Rashard. En français. Uh, oh, he, she got you, Pooh. She up, she up. She one up you on that. Rashard en français. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. I like. See, <laughs> now, now, now I'm finna. I'm gonna have to step. That's that, that's that Howard. Game. Game. You gonna have to step your game up, Pooh. Step my French game up. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> he has a chance to break three North Carolina Central records this year. And, Is it? And this, like, he must have already broke the rest of them. Hey, must have because, like, when I was looking at this, like the first one, I was like, oh, this is easy. He definitely gonna break this one. Uh, he needs 2,457 total yards to pass Earl Harvey for the most total yards. How many? 2,700? 
24, 24, 15. 24? Oh, yeah, he got that. That's He'll beat that. Five games. He need five rushing touchdowns to have That's the most <laughs> the most touchdowns, uh, rushing touchdowns in uh, school history. And he's on pace to pass Malcolm Bell with the best career uh, completion percentage of 58%. That man is bad. So with that being said, mm-hmm. I want to ask this question. Mm-hmm. Does next year's draft class have the best chance to see an HBCU quarterback drafted? Well, no. Be I would have said yes, but one of them's in Colorado right now, so I don't think that's going. I mean, I'm just saying. Why? I mean, gonna get eaten alive in the get out of here. <laughs> I don't know what to say. If if the, if the one that's in Colorado would have stayed in the sweat, he would have got drafted. <laughs> but I just say I think <clears throat> if you take him out the pit, well, if his daddy took him out the picture. So um <sighs> yeah, I think you can get one. Because um, we so, so here, here's the class. Yeah, you got Richard, you got uh Musa. Um mm-hmm. possibly I don't know if Andrew Body gonna come out though. Possibly body. Uh but uh, no, I'm not saying he but possibly body. Uh, um uh, what about D Davis? What is his um I don't, I don't see him being I don't see him being a draft pick. Do I, you I think do. A draft or are you just saying draft period? Because I think oh, so. No, no. Draft the XFL US. No, no, no. I mean NF. I'm sorry. I should have said state. You're absolutely right. NFL draft because it's okay. the last the last quarterback drafted in the NFL HBCU was Tavares Jackson. Yeah, Tavares Jackson. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, bro. Uh, it's gonna be tough. I think Davis should for sure, but um, I don't, I think him and Moose are the only shots, and I think. Davis gonna have to have another year like he did last year, and Moose is gonna have to have a better season than he had last year. I can't argue that. I can't argue with that. Um, basketball. I told you it was just gonna be a little football. That was that was it. Uh, we do know spring games are still coming up. Uh, so starting. Whole new offensive staff, so we'll see yeah, how that goes out this they year. Do. Yeah. Uh, starting this Saturday, spring games for HBCU starts, um, and then um, everybody else gonna be on the fifteenth, pretty much. Uh, but we've already gone through that. Uh, but but in basketball news, Jackson State's associate vice president, Miss Elise Wells Kilbert, has been appointed to the NCAA's women's basketball's rule committee. Uh, it's a four-year assignment, and that will begin in September for her. So, man, shout out to, you know, HBCUs. We already know that we talked about Dr. McClellan being uh, the chair on the men's side uh, beginning next tournament, and then now to have Jackson State Social Vice President be able to uh, be a part of this rule committee. That's big. So I think that I think she will have more of an impact than Dr. McClellan. In the sense for that conference, because there's only so much Dr. McClellan could do in his role. Uh, he'll have to recruit himself from all of the swag teams that are being mentioned. You know what I mean? So there's 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 only so much he could do to impact his conference directly. 
Whereas, you know, she could try to look out for, you know, rules, transfer rules and things of that nature to kind of help out black in Jackson State a little bit more than he can indirectly. But it's just the fact that she was selected as big HBCUs as a whole just to have that representation. Next one, Jackson State, staying in, staying down in Mississippi. Uh, well, I say staying in Mississippi, maybe not. Uh, Coach Tamika Reed, her name has been leaked to the Memphis opening. I hope not, bro. That ain't a big enough jump. No, it's not. And honestly, I want to see them win the SWAT tournament. Mm, they won the last year. They didn't win this year. That's true. That's valid. That this year. A better team and didn't win it, but uh, yeah, man. If she leaves, she got she got to leave for like a, a old miss, or I mean, obviously, Coach Yo ain't going nowhere, but I'm just saying, like, she got to leave for a school of that caliber. If she leaves, you don't leave for a Memphis, bro. Like, that ain't big enough jump, yeah. Um, but that 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 is interesting to me. Currently, a HBCU coach. Um, but this one was maybe it was because it was they, they were talking about maybe it's just me. Um, but there was a, a panel of about I think it was, was it 68 agents or so um, that were having a conversation. Uh, shout out to Coach Moth, uh, uh from North Carolina Central who pointed this out um, or brought this up. They were basically saying that uh, HBCU coaches don't get hired or get the looks from these mid-majors and these power five schools because they uh they don't have the hustle they don't do enough or they're or they're not of the right caliber it was such a cop-out honestly it was i hope your dad and i watch the poop but uh bullshit um that's what that is um Basically, we've seen this time and time again. NCAA shows it to us now. The other and other programs show it to us time and time out. They don't see HBCU basketball on the same level as other conferences. Um, goes back to having to be twice as good with half as less. Um, honestly, you have to. Like, if you look at the year Grambling men had this year, um, Dante Jackson's name is not going to be mentioned for a job. Mm -hmm. But right up the road. From ground Northwestern State didn't make the tournament either. They lost in their conference championship game as well. Yet their coach gets hired by Austin P. I know that's his alma mater, but I'm just saying, you know, one year there had a good year. You get you get a job, you know, promoting up to another level. Whereas Dante Jackson's been grambling two years, one of a ninety game. I mean, one ninety game, two years, three years, and what what does he have to show for it? You know, you go get him next year in Grambling. So I mean, you. There's nothing really that they can do other than try to change the perception of HBCU basketball. As far as X's and O's and winning, there's nothing more that they can do. They've done it already. I guess uh, the question is, do we see those programs as step steps up? Or do we have our coaches really settle in for the long haul to promote and elevate HBCU basketball? On a large scale, I don't think they're necessarily a lot of those programs aren't necessarily step step ups, but they have a better opportunities for those coaches to excel throughout the season. As far as some conferences have more more, 
I'm not gonna say more, have a better chance to get seating, better seating in tournaments, or to get a, a at large bid in tournaments. Um, but for the most part, if you look at it, I mean, like Grambling this year, um, I mean, they beat Vanderbilt, yeah. I mean, you single, right. single digit lot, uh, single digit loss. Um, I mean, look at I know Johnny Jones has had his chance at some of these big universities, but I mean, he he's taken. Texas Southern to the tournament. How many years in a row? Three, three I mean, straight. and I understand that, you know, he's already had his shot, but we've seen plenty of other coaches who've had a shot go down to a smaller level and get, you know, get a shot again at the bigger level, but nobody's mentioning Johnny Jones' name. It's because of where he coaches at. And so I think, I think not only, I don't think it's necessary that these jobs are better and that, these coaches would leave, but it's just the fact that they're not even being considered. And it, that goes to show that it's not about what they've done as far as coaches. It's about the leagues that they coach in that's preventing them from getting looked. I don't think it's the leagues that they coach in. It's the, the networks that they have. I mean, we watch Lane Kiffin fail time and time again. Everywhere we go, everywhere he goes, Lane Kiffin fails. And he keeps getting opportunity and opportunity after opportunity because of the networks and the spaces he walks in. Right. Well, I feel like but Johnny Jones was obviously in the network at one point in time for him to land a job at a power five school like LSU. You know what I mean? And, and he, you know, the, the North Texas job before that. So he was in the right circles to get, you know, mid-major and, and, and power five jobs. He The network he didn't have in the right circles, right? Like, you get one shot. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you get one shot, if you, you know, you're a black head coach, apparently. But you know what I mean? I just I feel like part of it is to your point, part of it is true. They don't, you know, how many of them have coached under a you know um Jay Wright or who coached under a Roy Williams, you know what I mean? To to where they can use those connections to get coached. Like Dustin May, for example, the coach at FAU, he got the job at FAU because he was the assistant coach for Mike White at Florida, and Mike White's brother-in-law was the FAU AD. So, you know what I mean? It wasn't anything that he did as a coach to get that job. He just knew the right people. So part of it is that, but at the same time, part of it is these coaches have shown that they're good enough, but it's, it comes down to who you know, not what you've done. And I will say like Kenny Blakeney, he's from the Coach K tree, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mike Bray, Coach Coach yeah. the Duke tree, right? And they're very supportive of him. One of our assistants is from played at Duke as well. So um, luckily he didn't get poached after this run. Thank God. It's like, do we have to pass a collection plate to keep this man? Um, but we were able to keep him. But um, he's of that coaching tree. So I just don't know a lot of other HBCU coaches that come from those types of elite basketball spaces. Not many. Not many no. I'm trying to think of how to set this question up. Um is this a chicken or an egg kind of situation where what should we see first? Do we see uh, HBCU coaches start getting, you know, more looks or do we start seeing uh, the HBCU basketball teams get better um, respect and more recognition in NCAA tournament? I think HBCU basketball is already getting better. So I think um, HBCU now, you know, I, I'm sorry when I say I say getting better. I mean getting better seating. Oh, uh, seating. Oh, Oof. Uh. I mean, I 
mean, Don's Don's comment should go a long way for the women's side. I'm hoping it should. I hope on the men's side, I don't know. Yeah, I on mean, the, the women's side, I think I, on the women's side, I think you're closer to seeing it happen. Um, because of you know Don and and what uh, Coach Reed has been able to do at Jackson State, you know, yeah, I mean? Coach Morgan last year said the same. I thing. mean, from the comments that other coaches have said about hers. So I feel like the women's side is closer than the men's side. On the men's side, I think it's going to take – it's probably going to take for you to knock off somebody in the tournament. Um, you're going to have to – Consistently. No, I don't even think consistently. Um, nah, I think if you can if you can have a, um, a 15 seed knock off a two seed or something like that, you know what I mean, and just, that'll kind of – validate the conference in a sense, especially if they're, you know, in a tough con- – like this year, for example, if Texas Southern would have knocked off a, a, a two-seed, you know, like, okay, they didn't even win their conference regular season. They barely got in their mm-hmm. conference tournament, and th- th- and they were able to do this. You know, that must be a good conference. You know what I'm saying? Like, New York has done that before. We've had several instances of this. Hampton, Norfolk State, Coppin yeah. State, we've done it. Yeah, HBCU pass says uh, out of conference wins, but we kind of saw that with the swag in the uh, in the Pac-12. It wasn't enough wins as far as because they had wins like all around. You start seeing hell. Jackson State's first win was over SMU. Yeah, so it's like I mean it's it's. I mean, we played Notre Dame last year to two points. We lost by that game by two points. And we was up a little bit of it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I don't know what that. I mean, I know we've talked about it kind of ad nauseum about what can be done to, you know, get HBCUs more respect, uh, basketball wise. Um, I I don't know. It, it's I, I think the mindset something has to change the mindset, and I don't know if it's necessarily up to HBCUs to do it because they're doing everything they can. Or at least trying to. I think you have to – we have to run – one team has to run the tape. You got it in the conference like 27 and a – you got to run the tape to at least get a shot at a 14, 15 seed or something. Yeah, I agree with that part. If you're going – like even if you have an FAU year where you go 31 and 3, you're not going to be a 9 seed. You know what I mean? You're going to 12 seed, 13 seed. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I will say this, um, despite how people kind of look at us, uh, it's not stopping NIL deals. Um, according to, uh, what is this called? Um, and shout out to hbcusports.com for this story, but it's according to, what is it? Sports United, I think it's what the, the company is called that, that does the, um, they do like a, a breakdown of all the the schools with uh, or, or all of the students who have NIL deals and a number of deals. The top two are both uh, HBCU student athletes. Uh, Raekwon Smith from Norfolk State. We talked about him. He has fifty seven deals uh, under his belt. King of the NIL. The other is uh, and I can't find the link to the article, um, but he goes to Johnson C. Smith. Um, I think his name was uh, 
Naquan Drake, maybe. But yeah, so the NILs uh, are still coming to HBCU players. Now, the problem I do see there, the amount of money per deal isn't the same, but they are getting deals. Yeah, we had a guy, um, Jelani Williams, right before the tournament, he got a deal with White Castle and Peloton. Um, and that was really cool to see. What a a crazy combination. Thanks. It was. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy combination. Uh, Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Kaiwan Dukes plays football for uh, Johnson C. Smith. Um, He has 29 NIL deals. Wow. Congratulations to them, man. Get that money, man. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's some. Uh, we only got a couple more before we get ready to get up out of here. Uh, well, Florida, about, let me okay. Me go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because I just saw well, uh, settles into the transfer portal. I actually talked to him today in the in the Howard cafeteria. So what's the um the mood around the university? Do you think that they'll be able to keep most of the guys there, or do you think because of the success they had this year, those guys are gonna try to test the water and see if the grass is greener. Um, almost all are staying from what I know. Settles is the only one in the portal. Okay. And I can't give too many details, but yeah, we got some folks coming in. Oh, so okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Right. yeah. We'll talk off mic. We'll talk off <laughs> Get the school. Okay. okay. Uh, as long as uh, I can go step boy finna be a monster, man. It's, who? Uh, the freshman. Um, oh, Shy Odom? Yeah, Odom. Yes. You know, I I really enjoyed how Shy played. You know, he didn't start in the beginning uh-huh. of the season, earned his way on the starting five, really turned it up in the middle of the season. But who I was really impressed with at the end of the season was Bryce Harris. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that game against Norfolk State, he had like 25 points. I mean, yeah. he, he turned it up toward the end of the season. Yeah. But just seeing the freshman Odom like that, he's so tenacious, man. Like, and and it, he just seemed like the bigger the moment, the the more you know productive he gets, and the you know the better he plays. So I'm just really curious to see how his career is going to end up. I think um, hopefully he hits up his homies in Sierra Canyon and tells them to come to Howard, um, and also working on his free throw percentage. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty bad. He young though. He he got some time to work on that. But yeah, that, that, yeah. We're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> I also kind of want to, um, before it ends, shout out Marcom Banks of Morgan State University, the Bears. <laughs> they think they're our rivals, but they're not. So who is your rival? <clears throat> I guess Hampton, but it's been it's been a little boring lately since they left. Um, going back and forth with Banks has been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. He makes it a lot of fun. I'm not gonna lie. Banks is so fun. Listen, he literally when we we ah what were we talking about? We po- we posted the the schedule. <sighs> Banks got up the and told Dave that they was the booty call of the CAA. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? He said, he said, <laughs> y'all are the booty call of the CAA. Boot the CAA call. Like, what y'all doing? Y'all be like, we coming, we coming. <laughs> his hot takes are oh man i know he was very upset i want to shout out 
everybody who I DM'd and donated money that we could take four buses and 200 students to the Morgan State Howard game in Baltimore. I went up there incognito and bought 200 tickets and they didn't know we was coming and it was, it was fantastic. All right. Channel so D. Ten twelve says, and they are y'all rivals, except that Erica. They are not in our league. They just want to go up. All right, be careful. They might be co-champs one day. Be up there with y'all. What was the worst thing was they was co-champs in 2014. And Banks was coming at me like, y'all co-champs, it ain't it ain't legit, this, that, and the third. And they was co-champs with six other teams. <laughs> he just neglected to say that. Oh man, this me. Hey, this this me. This me. It's hilarious. So Morgan, y'all see a bunch of there. As it is, yeah. so Morgan State. He, is he called Morgan State the booty call? Hey, now I did see Morgan State is playing Stony Brook for homecoming. For homecoming, it seems egregious to me. Why would they do that? Yep, yep, yep. And they're going to New Haven to play Yale. Mm. Interesting. Very, very, very. Um, that was something I did last year. I realized that uh Howard was auditioning for the Ivy Leagues with their with their skills. We no. Their skills. They were playing every, hey, I mean they was making their runs. They made it, they made a tour, they went on tour, didn't they? Yeah, what? Not true. I mean, we were we were on a tour, but we weren't auditioning for them. We good. Now, I will say, Coach Blakeney has an awesome recruitment plan because he goes and gets those fifth year grad transfers from the Ivy League. We had two a couple years ago um, from Columbia, where Coach Blakeney was an assistant coach for a long time. Um, of course, we got uh, Jelani from Penn. We got Kobe Dixon from Cornell. So. You know, they get their Ivy League degree, come to Howard for their master's degree, get their black experience and play ball. Like, best of both worlds. Get the black experience. Uh, that's funny. Uh, Florida Memorial. Florida Memorial hired a two-time national championship coach, Alex Nichols, to lead their men's soccer team. So, men's soccer in the HBC. Florida Memorial is, is, is kind of – Howard is doing swimming and – um. What's the other rugby? Florida Memorial has beach volleyball and men's soccer. So yeah. And we all know. I'm I'm my next question. Who's the next school to get gymnastics? Mm, that's a good question. I got a theory. What's good, Ant? Then the boys down. I mean the, the the women down your way. I think that's I the next one. Post. I think that's the next one. Um, the writing's on the wall. So keeping my mouth closed. Um Raja, last last one, last one. Raja Cruz. Uh finished 13th this past Saturday in the XPEL 225 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Uh but congratulations. He started now. He started his starting position was 20. Um, and this is his highest finish of this year. He has finished 29th in back-to-back -back races, and then he finished 13th this past Saturday. So Kudos he's definitely climbing, climbing the charts, man. So shout out to Winston Salem, man. Yeah. So, uh, Miss Erica, tell the people where they can find you before we get before we get out of here. 
Um, you can find me um, on Twitter at erlee0217. So erlee0217 on Twitter. Um, and yeah, and you can follow the at X's and O's uh, pod. And uh, we're getting all that together. Going to be doing content soon after the spring game. So looking forward to that. Um, and also at HBCU Nightly, follow Josh Sims. I co-host on there every Wednesday night at 9 or now 10 o'clock. Um, and that that show is a lot of fun. If you haven't been to HBCU Nightly, you really should drop through on Twitter. Don't know what you're missing, man. I completely agree. It's always informational. It's always a good um, good time as far as uh, jokes and stuff. Oh, man, listen. I'm, I'm about to fire myself. I forgot about this. Bowling, the bowling championships, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, bro. How you forget that? Prairie View wins the swag. Uh, they beat Alabama State in the uh finals of that one. You got North Carolina and T won the MEAC, Fayetteville State won the CIAA. And so, kudos, kudos to all those teams. Um, I thought fam, you was gonna take it in, in the uh. I thought they were at least going to make it back to the championship game. They lost um, and then ended up playing Prairie View to see who would go to the championship game, and they lost to Prairie View, and then Prairie View went on to beat. Um, That's why you didn't want to mention it, because Alabama, Alabama State. State. Listen here, that uh, that MIAC Bowling Championship is MIAC, is North Carolina A&T's only claim to MIAC now. Makes them still feel apart. Dave, get in them DM. Hit, hit up. She talking about y'all. Nah, that... <laughs> they go get you here. But nah, man. Uh, it's been fun. Like I said, we were looking forward to this. Truly appreciate you. You know, what I'm saying coming on and talking with us. Um, look forward to it. Look forward to doing it again. Uh, we'll have to come back and tell us about the spring game. Tell us what we can look forward to. Uh, we're gonna make another run for the for the for the co. Um, I'd like outright. All right. Oh. Okay. Okay. Looking at you, North Carolina Central. Mm. Y'all coming to Green this year? Howard going to the uh, Howard to the Celebration Bowl. Okay. I've already booked my hotel. <laughs> you speak Howard those to the who, who they gonna play? Who you want? Who who you want Howard to play in the Celebration Bowl? Sam, you the little Rattlers. She knew not to play Grandma because she want to win. I'm just saying, how y'all gonna win the celebration ball? Y'all couldn't even be Alabama State last year. I'm just hey, saying, I'm just saying, hey, and that hey, challenge, hey, that, that MEAC challenge. We lost that game more than they won it. There was no reason why we we should have lost that game. They were not better than us. I'm I'm be honest with you. After I watched that game, there was no way I saw Howard being co anything. <laughs> <laughs> after that, Honestly, I, if we had three starts and stops, that game would have been a lot different. Yeah, it was that's valid. That's valid. There was a lot of yeah. lot of things happening in that in that little space. <laughs> We're not cooperate. <laughs> nah, it wasn't shade. I I thought y'all co-defendant might be. That's about it. Co-plaintiffs <laughs> beating up on folks. No nah, man, witness. Nah, nah, bro. I did not chair of some, you know, cabinet in the White House before they've been. That's hey, how, man. man. You know what I mean? Like, come on. You're man. right. So who? So who would have been a co-defendant? Hampton. That's what you're trying to say. Don't start that. You already started. You are starting. I ain't saying the word. 
I know who won't be in the celebration bowl. Who that? Who? Morgan State. Oh. Oh. Mm. I thought I was gonna say ANT. <laughs> I mean, we know that. Yeah, but that, I mean, I didn't know you was finna throw <laughs> a real shout out. <laughs> Morgan. All right. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> we'll be back uh, most likely on Thursday. Most likely. I, I will talk about it. We, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, be here, we'll, we'll be here. We'll do something. But uh, we'll be back again. It was been a pleasure having Miss Erica Rochelle Lee on here, uh, dropping the, the, the ins and outs of, of Howard for us. Uh, and you got anything before we get up out of here, if I hit this button? Nah, man. I'm good, bro. All right. Like that, we out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.